Well, good morning, Barrel Life Church. Come on, who's excited to be in the house today? Make a little bit of noise. Come on, you excited to be here? Good, look at the person beside you. I'm excited to be here. Tell them, say you're excited to be here. Man, I tell you what, Dr. Paul Badger brought the word last week. He's one of my great friends and uh, pastor friend. He actually led First Baptist Church Pipeville to come and help us when we started Barrel Life Church. And he came last week and talked about God's will. And he's just a good old friend, dude, and loves the Lord, super big encourager. And if you missed last week, I wanna encourage you to go back and watch it. He drove all the way down from Ashland to uh, speak. And speaking of Ashland, uh, we sent an email out this week. I don't know if you got the email or not. If not, that means you might not be connected in our database. Um, but we sent an email out this week talking about a crazy awesome potential that has been presented to us at Barrel Life Church. There's a church in Ashland area, in the Boyd County area, uh, was thinking about maybe closing their doors. They didn't know exactly what's next, what God's doing. And they actually reached out to us about potentially launching a Barrel Life a church campus there in the Boy County and Ashland area. So uh, I got some of the information. I talked to the, uh, you know, the, the one of the guys leading the charge and a few of the people in, in the area. And I talked to our elders and we talked about, prayed about it, talked to our staff about it. And uh, we thought maybe this might be an opportunity the Lord has presented to us. So let's just kind of walk this out and see. And uh, I shared that with you this week in email. If you didn't, you can please, you know, get in on that. We love for you to be part of what God is doing here in our newsletter. You can check that out as well. And uh, so tonight, I'm actually going up there to, to the Boy County Ashland area, and I'm gonna be meeting with the 50 or 60 of the church members who are still there, and also anybody that has participated, whether you're watching online, uh, maybe you're part of our Grayson campus as well, we're glad you're in with us uh, in, in that area, because we are a regional church. We have people drive from 14 different counties to one of our locations every single week, and maybe that's you, and, and you wanna be part of that, or you want some more information about that, we'd love for you to be a part of it tonight. At six, host is gonna come out in just a moment. They're gonna share with you what you can do. But I'm really excited just to walk this out. And I want you as a church body, as a family, to be praying and see, because that is our mission, right? We, we will do what God wants us to do, and we will uh, walk through doors that he opens if he chooses for that to be for us. And uh, also kind of like, God, show us where you're working and send us there. And uh, we know that we don't have to pray about reaching people for Jesus. We've already been commissioned to do that. Uh, but we do want to strategically just walk this out. So as a part of the Better Life Church, we just want you to invite you to pray with us. And if you know anybody in that area, please let them know. And so they can come out tonight and see and listen to what our vision is about maybe uh, bringing Better Life Church to the Ashland area. And so it's really exciting. Uh, please be in prayer for our staff, for me, and for the church there as we look about potentially doing that. So before we go any further, let's just do that tonight as a family, as a church family. Would you just pray with me right now and just ask God to give us wisdom and discernment as we walk through this? So come on, you can pray with me where you're watching online uh, at our Grayson campus. God, thank you so much for what you're doing in this region. God, thank you for changing people's lives and touching people in, a, in an unbelievable way through the ministry of Better Life Church. We thank you for the opportunity God, that's been presented to continue to preach the gospel, not only in Moorhead and Grayson, but potentially also in the Boyd County and Ashland area. So we ask for wisdom, discernment uh, in the leadership, Lord. We just trust you. You are the leader of this church. We wanna follow you in all that we do. So uh, I pray that you just continue to guide and direct us in everything, Lord. For it's in your name we ask and we pray. And everybody say, amen, amen. How many of you like to go hiking? Come on, get your hand up if you like to hike. Any of the hikers in the house? Well, last week I preached in Portsmouth, Ohio, and when I preached at Portsmouth, they put us in at the Shawnee State Lodge, and, and so we get to go to the lodge and stay, and I already knew it was coming because my wife, she's an advocate about this, she loves it, loves it, loves it, and it's her birthday, and so it's on top of all this. Uh, she said, hey, let's get there early 
and let's go hiking at Shawnee State. Now, let me tell you something about your pastor. I don't like to hike. I don't like going, but, and I think it really comes back to 1982, Christmas Eve. I was five years old. We decided with my sister and her friends to go hiking up Nara's Branch to a place called Eight Rocks. Eight Rocks is this massive, giant boulders stacked on top of each other, and we wanted to go see it. And so I'm five years old, Christmas Eve, 1982. Some of you don't even know when that was, but it's okay. And uh, we're hiking the top of this mountain. We get there. We look at these eight rocks. We walk into it. It's massive, kind of cave-looking thing. It's pretty cool. And uh, next thing you know, it's dark, and we get lost. And so here we're lost. I'm five years old. We're lost. It's on Christmas Eve. And finally, we made our way down to an end of a hall or somewhere. And uh, we're, we're going this gravel road. And we walk down the gravel road. We finally knew where we were. And we make our way home. And you think like your parents, right? I thought my mom would go, my boy, my boy, my prodigal son has come home. And she just kisses you and holds you. And she spanked us, right? Because that's just what good country moms do, right? That means just spanked. It's like, what are you doing? It's Christmas Eve. You're lost. I still think I have PTSD from that because I I don't like, you know, to go hike. I'm just like, we're going to get lost and we're going to get stuck up here. And because my counselor tells me I'm a catastrophizer, I go to the very, very worst case scenario when you get lost. So I know we get out of town late. We get there about an hour before dark. We pull into the lodge. We have no cell phone service um, where we were located. And I, my wife's like, hurry, 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 hurry. Let's go hiking. I found one. It's like 1.9 miles. I'm like, oh God. All right, Lord, Lord Jesus, you're with me. <laughs> You'll be with me. And I'm like, I, I really don't want to do this really. But it's my wife's birthday and she went the day went on birthday, but it's a birthday present. She wanted to go hiking. And so I grabbed my phone real quick. I said, no, 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 pull out. I said, all right, all right, I got an app. It downloads all the state parks uh, uh, trails. And this is an easy one. It's 1.9 miles. It's for kids like me. And so this is cool. And, and so I put it on here. And next thing you know, the kid's like, well, Dad, what happens if your cell phone doesn't have no service? It's okay. For $29.99, you can download every state park right here on your phone. I got you, son. And they're like, Dad, what happens if your phone dies? And in 30 seconds, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. I'm dead. We're gonna die. They're gonna find us up here. We're gonna die. I'm preaching tomorrow, so I'm the pastor. So surely, if I'm not there by in the morning, they're gonna come looking for us and they'll find us. They'll search all the trails and they'll find us. Here we are, our family's dead. See, I tell you, catastrophes are worst case scenario. And so all of a sudden, I pull up the map. I got a guide. It's an arrow. It's dotted out the path. 1.9 miles we're walking on. And so I'm like a speed racer. I'm following this map and it's taking me everywhere we're going. And I'm like, I'm cool with this. Why? Because I've got a guide. I got something showing me the way. And so they're like, Dad, Dad, why, you're excited to be here. I said, I know, kids, I'm excited. Ha, ha, ha. And I got my phone like so they can't see it. Dad's all happy to be here. You know, and we're walking, and my phone is guiding me step by step on this trail. And I'm looking, you know, I'm like Crocodile Dundee. Which one did the sun go down? Okay, the sun went over there, so the lodge is back over here. You know, and I got a good sense of direction. And so we walked this trail, and I could see we're getting closer to the end. And I kind of put my phone away, and I was like, okay, we're home. And it's no place like home, right? There's no, when you get home and when you get to your destination, Man, it is no place like home. Now, some of you, if you don't like to hike, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you went on a trip. Maybe you went on vacation for seven, ten days. It was tropical or it was in the mountains. It was like the best time ever. And eventually, eventually, there comes to the end of it, and here's what you say. Man, I just can't wait to get where? Say it. Home. There's no place like home. No place like sleeping in your own bed, your own pillow, using your own toilet. Can I get a witness? You know what I'm talking about, right? There is no place like home. There's something within us that longs, one, to be found, but two, wants to be home. And no matter what you do in this world, whatever you strive for, whether accolades or money or, or degrees or whatever you get to someplace in your life, it still won't fill the void of wanting to be home. In fact, the Bible says that this is not our home. And the reason why nothing on earth here really truly 100% satisfies you is because you were made 
to live for eternity. In fact, the Bible says that God has put eternity in our hearts. That's why we long to be home. Well, in our passage that we're going to look at today, Jesus is telling his disciples, I'm going home. No, I'm not going to Galilee. I'm going home. I'm going to go be with my father. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to be sitting on my throne. I'm going home. And they're distraught, and they don't know what to do, and, and, they're, and they're scared. And they're like, Jesus, why are you leaving us back? Because we want to go where you go. We want to go home. Because there's something within us that wants us to go home. Well, in John 13, here's what happens. We had the Lord's Supper. Jesus breaks bread and, and the juice, and he washes the disciples' feet. Judas leaves and goes and betrays Jesus. This is the night before he's crucified. And Jesus tells him, I'm going to the cross. It's time for me to go to be with my Father. And he says this in John 13, 33. He says, dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. Why? I'm going home. As I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you cannot come where I'm going, at least for now. You can't come. Well, I want to be where you are, Jesus. I want to go where you I want to go where your home is, my home is. Verse 36, Peter asked the Lord, where are you going? And Jesus said, you can't go with me now, but you will follow me later, Peter. But why can't I come now, Lord? I'm ready to die for you, right? This is the time. You're going to overthrow Rome. You're going to sit on your throne. I'll sit on the right or the left. This is the time. I want to be with you. I want to go where you go. If you go home, go home. If you die, I'm ready to die with you. And Jesus says, die for me. Come on, man. I'll tell you the truth, Peter. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you even know me. And you're ready to die for me? You're about to deny me. And so now the disciples are confused, they're anxious, their hearts are troubled, their master, their savior, the one they follow, the rabbi, is leaving them after being with them for three years, and here's what he says, you can't come with me. I wanna go home. You can't go where I'm going, at least not yet. And Jesus knows that their hearts are troubled, and therefore we pick up in John chapter 14. Now John 14 is kind of the most famous, honestly, uh, verses that most preachers or pastors will preach at a funeral. This is kind of the most, this is where the people go to, especially if the person passed away as a believer. This is the place they go to when it comes to uh, preaching at a, a funeral. And so you probably have heard this before if you've been to a funeral, at least this passage, but you understand the context of what Jesus is trying to share with his disciples. And so in verse one, he says this, don't let your hearts be troubled. See, he knows their heart, and he knows that their hearts are troubled because they want to go where he goes, they want to go home. And how, how are we going to get to where you're going? He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. If you trust in God, trust also in me. Maybe your translation says, if you believe in God, believe also in me. It's the same thing. If you believe in God, believe in me. Now, this, this context that he's saying this in, to believe, that word believe and trust, it's a present tense, continual imperative, which means this. It's a continual trust that I have. I'm commanded to trust God, trust Jesus continually, Every single moment, why? Because here's what the text implies, he's with me. He's like, listen to me guys, even though you can't see me, I will be with you. Even though I'm home, I'm still gonna be with you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And listen, I believe God brought you here this morning to tell you this, right now some of you, your hearts are troubled. You don't know what's going on in the world, your, your marriage, or potentially at work, or what you're gonna do with your life, or, or school, and your hearts are kinda anxious and troubled, like I just wanna do what God wants, I don't know what God wants, I don't know, and your hearts are troubled, listen to me. He is with you, and here's what he tells you, trust him. Trust him, trust that his presence is with you. Though you can't see him, he's with you. And so he's telling his disciples, I'm going home, but trust me. If you believe in God the Father, trust me, you can believe in God the Son, believe also and me, it's a continual trust of his presence that he will be with you no matter what you go through in life. 
And I believe that God brought some of you here or maybe watching online or of our Grayson campus to hear this, that God wants you to trust him. Trust him that he is with you and he will never leave you nor forsake you. So no matter what problems you face in this world, listen to me, he is presence with you. So he says this, trust in my presence. But then he says this, I also have promises for you. And I want you to trust in the promises that I have. Look what he says in verse two. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If there were not so, I would have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you. Am I not going to prepare a place for you? One of the promises he gives, listen, you won't see me, but I'm going home. I'm going to heaven to prepare a place for you. Maybe your Bible translation says, God's gonna have a, prepare a mansion for you. If I go and, and prepare a room for you, prepare a mansion for you, I don't have time to jump into the context, but that is marital terms. That's a picture of a marriage right here. The bride and the bridegroom, they get betrothed, they get engaged, and the groom says, I'm gonna go home and prepare a place for you. And when I get the place prepared for you, I will come back and get you. So the groom will go home and he goes to his dad's house and on his dad's house, he would build a hut. He would build an extension, a room off his dad's house. That's what a child would do so that he would go and prepare a place for his bride. And so he would go and then it's time, the house is finished, everything's in place. And he goes and gets his bride. His bride had no idea what time or what hour that the groom would show up. And the groom always made his interest by blowing a trumpet. He would blow the horn to let you know the groom is here to get his bride. Have you heard that before in the Bible? There'll come a day that the groom, Jesus, will come back and the trumpet will sound and he will come and get his bride, the church, and take them home where he has prepared a place. So this is the picture of a marriage as the bride and the groom are getting married. He says, I will come back for you because I've provided a place for you, which leads to the, third, the second promise. Verse three, when everything is ready, when the time is right, and we're gonna be talking about are we living in the end times coming up right here. When the time is right, I will come and get you so you will always be where I am. You'll be home. That's what your heart longs for. You will find your way. You will be home. So we have some promises here. One, if your heart's troubled, I'm with you, Jesus says. Two, guess what? I've gone to prepare a place for you in heaven. No matter how bad hell comes on earth here, you have a home in heaven as a follower of Jesus. That shouting noise. And then the third one, he goes, I'm gonna come back and get you. I'm personally, I am gonna personally come back and get you and take you to be with me and you'll be with me for all eternity. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Then he goes on and says in verse four, and you know the way where I'm going. <laughs> you know where I'm going. You know the way. And listen to what Thomas says. Thomas says, no, Lord, we don't have a way. We don't know the way. We don't have an app for that. There's no app that shows us the way. What's the way? And I, I want to find the path. I don't want to go to the left. I don't want to go to the right. I don't want to get off track. I want to go home. Like, show me the path. We don't have an app for that. And Jesus is like, this is what he says. He goes on and says in verse 5, we don't know, Lord, Thomas says. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? And then here it is, verse 6. That was all introduction. Here's the sermon, okay? Right here's the sermon. This is the whole verse. This is our next I am statement. I want you to see what Jesus says. Jesus told them, here it is, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one, absolutely no one can come to the Father except through me. This is the most, con this, this, this statement right here has brought so much conflict. This statement right here with Jesus made right here, it brings division. When he says, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. He didn't say, I am a way. He didn't say, I am the best way. He said, I am the only way. And by making that statement separates him from everyone else. 
because of the definite article that says, I am the way, the one. There's not another way to the Father. There's not another way to the home in heaven you're going to. I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. And that statement has divided people over and over and over and over. Are you like, Pastor, are you really telling me that Jesus is the only way to the Father? Yes. But what about my friend who has another religion and they're a really good person and they're a good moral person? Are you telling me they're not going to heaven because they don't follow Jesus? Yes. Well, Pastor, how narrow-minded of you to stand up and say that. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. I'm just repeating what he says. I am the only way. You're telling me all these great people who live morally and trying the way to get to God through a different religion or a different avenue, like they're not going to heaven? According to the scripture, that whoever confesses Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior will be saved. He is the way. Why is he so exclusive? He is so exclusive so no one would miss it. He is so exclusive so it would include everyone. No matter what your nationality, no matter what your skin color is, no matter where you're from. In fact, the Bible says one day from every tongue and tri tribe and nation that people will bow down and say, Jesus Christ is Lord. There will be a day that people will bow down and worship him. The day now is now like he is the way. He's the only way. You're like, that is so narrow-minded. Listen, he made it so narrow so no one would miss it. This is the way to the Father. And so when he means this, let's break that down. He says, listen, I am the way, here's the first point, to God. I am the way to God. I am the route, I'm the path, I'm the way through me. In fact, the early church in the Bible, in the book of Acts, was called the way. We are the way, we're the one who shows the way, points to the way, and the way is Jesus. In fact, everyone is looking some way trying to get to God. See, a lot of times that's why people, we invite people to church, they won't come to an assembly gathering of believers is because they'll look around and go, well, I'm better than her. She, she gossips all the time. Man, that guy gets drunk every weekend. You know, what in the world? I, I'm, I'm better morally than they are, and you want me to come and worship your God when I'm better than you are? Because why? They, they based on the moral. They based on being good is what pleases God. If I'm a good person. See, sin don't make you bad. Sin makes you dead. Sin kills that's why Jesus can ever forgive you of their sin. So like, well, I'm better than her, and guess what? You will find people that you're better than morally. Well, I'm not as bad as her, but man, I'm not as good as her, and, or I'm not as good as him, but I'm better than him. And, and so you have this standard of morning. Everyone's looking for a path to please God and get there. So I gotta do something. I gotta be good. I gotta act good. I gotta do these things. In fact, that's the difference between Christianity and all other religions. Every religion on the planet is due you gotta do these rituals, do these penance, you gotta do these things, and if you do these things, go these places, journey through this, then maybe God will look at you and be happy and pleased with you and let you into heaven. So you gotta do these things. And see, that's the difference between Christianity and all religions. Christianity is not about doing, it's about believing. It's already been done, I don't have to do anything. I just have to believe in Jesus. He already did everything for me. Everything I have to go to please God, to erase my sins, I will never be good enough for God to go, you know what, you've worked your way into heaven, I think you're a pretty good moral person. Way to keep, keep the law, keep the truth. The law was given us to show us how bad we really are. <laughs> like how bad, how low, the law was given to show you how low you can really go. Like don't steal, don't covet. Come on, don't have any gods before me. Let's see, can you do these little basic things? Uh, we break these all the time. See, I told you. The law shows you you'll never be good enough. That's why you need a savior. That's why you need Jesus. And that's why Jesus says, I am the way. I'm the one. 
You wanna get to heaven, I'm the gate. Remember we talked about this. I'm the door, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the one that lays there and lets one in and lets them out. I'm the one who controls us. I am the way. If you wanna get to the Father, if you wanna get to heaven, if you wanna go home, and God has put eternity in all of our hearts, you wanna go home, Jesus says, I am the way. And the second thing he says, I'm the truth. Now this one right here is destroyed. I mean, this one right here today, I mean, Truth today, I mean, it's just unbelievable. The Bible talks about Jesus was full of grace and he's full of truth. Truth is not a principle. Truth is a person. Truth is a person and his name is Jesus. And this is why people hate Jesus. This is why people can't stand this passage. This is why people can't stand the truth. Because the truth today is whatever you think is true. Truth today is whatever you want truth to be. There's no absolute truth. Used to go back to Webster's Dictionary back in a long time ago, look up truth and talk about the Bible. The Bible is truth, you talk about God. Today, truth is whatever you believe to be true. See, today we live in a society where two plus two is not four anymore. No, two plus two is four, no it's not. No, wait, wait, wait. no you don't understand, watch this. One, two, three, four, two plus two is four. No, I don't believe it's four, I believe it's six. No, no, you don't understand, the truth is, is that two plus two is four. I don't think it's four, I believe it's six, and because I can be who I wanna be, I believe it's six. And if I look at you and say, listen to me, honey, two plus two is four, no matter what you believe. Well, you're in bigot. You're intolerant. No, 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 two plus two is four. No, it's not, that's not what I want it to be, that's not true anymore. And see, what happens is people wanna become their own God and redefine truth, so they redefine marriage to what they want it to be. They'll redefine sexuality, what they want it to be. They'll redefine morals, what they want it to be. They'll redefine justice and politics and, and all these things. I, I'll let it to be what I believe to be is true because you wanna be God. See, we live in a day today where there's no such absolute truth. Folks, there is such thing as absolute truth and his name is Jesus. I've based my life, my calling, my eternity on Jesus because I believe he is the way and he is the truth. And if something in my life contradicts or what I believe contradicts what the truth says, this wins every time. Every time this wins. But not in the world we live in today. Whatever's true to you is true. And that's why people, so much division, that's why this statement is so exclusive for Jesus, I am the way, and that's why they can't stand it. This is truth. Why does it feel? It ain't based on your feelings. Well, if I were God, you're not God. This is true. So Jesus says, listen, I am truth. I am truth, and at the time, back in the day, in this first century, the truth was God's word. God's word was truth, and what Jesus says, what the law and the prophets wrote about, that's me. The whole truth of the Bible points to me. What you have seen is God incarnated in the flesh, and I have, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you believe he's truth, believe also in me, because I'm truth. And I share truth with you, not to hurt you or to harm you, but to lead you home. And this is the way home. This is how you get there. And this is what every religion and philosopher has been searching for all over the planet. It's this thing of truth or this way home. And this is what separates Jesus Christ from everyone else. People would send, faith leaders stood up and says, this is the way to truth. And they would point to truth. They would point to truth. Some people would stood up and they say, listen, I'm on a journey looking for truth as a faith leader. Come on with me and let's find truth together. And they will take you on a journey. People sit up and say, I'm just a teacher of truth, just a prophet to the truth, uh, and let me point you to the truth. Jesus stump says, whoa, 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 I am truth. That's me. No one's, that's me. 
what you're looking for, what you want, that is me. And folks, listen, everyone is betting their life on something. Everyone. Everyone's betting their eternity on something. Whether you believe in it or not believe in it, you're betting your life on something. I'm gonna put my life on the words of what Jesus says, that he is the way, he is the truth, and he's life. And once you discover that truth, listen to me, you believe that truth, you live out that truth, you stand up for that truth, and then you spread that truth to everyone around you, even when they don't want to hear it. You're there to share truth and speak truth, but don't miss it, you do that with grace. You speak truth with grace. That's what I love about Jesus, full of grace and truth. And you need both of those. Because somebody can stand up and preach truth, but if they don't preach grace with it, it's so brutal. And then you have people who just, all they do is talk about grace. Come on, it's no big deal, be what you want. But then they won't preach truth, which makes you a hypocrite. Jesus was full of truth and grace. So you have to preach the truth, and it's tough. Jesus says, you think they hated me, they're gonna hate you. If they don't like what I said, they're not gonna like what you say. But trust me, I'm with you. I'm preparing a place for you. I'll come back and get you. I am the way. What I'm telling you is the truth. And then the last one, he says, I am the life. I'm the life from God. What kind of life are you wanting to live? Everyone's looking for a certain type of life. You're trying to fill that void in. Maybe for you, if I just had more money, if I had more power, if I had more stuff, if I just had that degree, if I just had that job, if I had that boss, if I could just get to this top, if I could just, then I could live. Then I could experience life to the fullest and, and then I've conquered something. And that's how the world wants us to view life. Jesus says, wait a second, I am life. I'm life. Remember John 10, 10, we talked about that? That's even our signature verse. The enemy's gonna do everything he can to come and steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you can have abundant life, a full life, a real life, eternal life, a better life than you've ever dreamed of. How can Jesus give us that? Because he's the way, he's the truth, and he's the zoe. That's what that Greek word means, life. So he's the one that leads us to eternal life. So my creator, who's created me, why would I not trust him and to guide me in every step of the way? So what do we do? We yield our life to him. Now I know that's tough for a lot of people to swallow because we have friends and families and they believe differently or they're trying to go a different route or they're a different religion or a different path. And like, that's just not, that's just, that can't be right. Listen, Jesus says, I'm gonna be so exclusive so I could be so inclusive that whoever, whoever believes, whoever, no matter what, whoever believes will be saved. And that's what he wants for you this morning. That's what he wants for me is to believe. He's the way, the truth, and the life. I'm gonna ask people to bow your heads. couple things real quick. If your heart's troubled this morning, I don't know what's troubling your heart, but if your heart's troubled, take the words of Jesus to comfort. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe, trust in God, trust in me. I'm with you. I know marriage is tough. I know you're living paycheck to paycheck. 
I know the doctor said. I know things in the world are. I know you don't know who to believe and what, what's going on. Trust me. Trust in me. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's a powerful promise from God that you have to consciously choose to say, I trust you. Trust is not a feeling. Trust is a choice. I trust you. When it, you get to the point to claim to his promises, says, you know what? Even though my heart's troubled, you're with me. You love me enough that you're preparing a place for me. And you promised that you'd come back and get me. No matter how bad it may look, thank you. That you are the way, that you are the truth, and you are the life. And maybe for some of you online watching or at our Grayson campus right here at Moorhead, you've got to the point in your life where you've never put your faith and trust and surrender to the way. You believe, but you never surrendered your life to him. Because if you say you believe in Jesus and it hasn't changed your life, you've got the wrong belief. You know you can do that right now. In fact, you can pray with me. Saying a prayer will not save you, but your lips can proclaim what your heart declares. And if your heart declares right now that Jesus Christ is the way, he is the truth, he is the life, he is the I am that we've been preaching about for several weeks, then why don't you surrender your life to him right now and just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you're the way. I believe you are the truth. I believe you are the life. And today I repent of my sin and I put my faith and trust in you. Now forgive me and help me follow you all the days of my life. Folks, listen, if that's you, man, we wanna shout with you, we wanna rejoice with you. Host is gonna come out just a moment and let you know your next step, what you can do. But let me tell you what your next step is, and that's for anybody here, at least at the Moorhead campus. If you've never followed Jesus, and believer's baptism. Man, today's that day. The baptism water's ready. We got a baptism coming up. We've got a shirt for you. We got, we got stuff ready for you. Come on, today. If you gave your life to Jesus, at least you're here in person at the Moored campus, come on, let's get baptized right now today. Let's make that happen. Put the jersey on. Show the world that you follow Jesus. Father, thank you so much for your word, how relevant it is. God, even when we wander and get off path and stray and Turn to the things of the world, you welcome us right back home. That you set our feet back on the path of righteousness. That your word is a lamp to our feet and a light for our path and the truth of your word will guide us. That Jesus is the perfect truth. Who lived a sinless life to prove it. Died a criminal's death, rose three days later that we can stand here in freedom today without being in bondage or slave to sin anymore. Thank you for being the way. Thank you for telling us the truth and being truth. And thank you for a life that only can come from knowing you, eternal life. For it's your name we ask and we pray, amen.